Going Greyhounds for your daily update of the latest news and tips. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Going Greyhounds for Tuesday, July 11. My name is Kat Ernst and we are talking all things greyhound racing for the next half an hour here on Sky Sports Radio. And joining me as he does each and every week is Tab's Jared Daffy. Good morning to you. Daff, you must be exhausted after the weekend you had. Good morning, Kat. Well, it's a great time, isn't it? Although the great times certainly don't end, but you know, it was the, the end of the Queensland Carnival last week and what a night we had there on Thursday night, as you would attest to. A massive crowd to see Elite Machine win the Brisbane Cup and Palawa King win the Queensland Cup. And then Saturday night, we had those two Group 1s at Wentworth Park. Uh, obviously, we're into the Grafton Carnival this week. And then next Saturday night, we've got the Fireball and the Maturity Heats at the Meadows. So there's always something on. No, it definitely doesn't stop. And yourself, you were anchoring our coverage on Sky Racing Active on Friday night, and then you did the double and you were back at Albion Park on Saturday night to anchor the Rising Sun coverage for Team Harness Racing. I consider myself pretty fortunate to be in a job where it's not really a job. You know, I, I get to do things that, that the public just want to do. And for the last two weeks, I was quite taken by Postman Pat. Now, unfortunately, he didn't get the job done in the Cup on Friday night, but it was just so heartwarming to see the crowd... Uh, embrace Postman Pat and the whole industry on the Friday night and then Saturday night back at Albion Park uh, for the harness races and leap to fame, gee, uh, harness racing's got a ready-made publicity machine there. The crowd was absolutely awesome and the noise they made when he burst away on the home turn and they get to see him again on Saturday night. He's going around in the sunshine sprint and he'll be back on Saturday week for the Blacks of Fake. So we're so fortunate in what many might think are the two lower cards to have a couple of champions around at the moment. And we're so fortunate in our jobs as well that we're on track most weeks to see these amazing animals in the flesh. I just really pinch myself each and every week that I get to do what I do. Um, And just touching on that Brisbane Cup the other night, Elite Machine, uh, a bit of an upset. Uh, I I guess he was kind of glossed over a little bit in the lead up to it, but um, it just touch on the dog he's now won over a million dollars i think he might even be the highest wa earning dog of all time i think both of those yeah well he is uh, both of those wa greyhounds for some reason were glossed over maybe it's just out of sight out of mind but you're quite right that was his second group one he did win the perth cup earlier in the year he did a really good job because crumble Manelli on his inside not nearly held him out but he forged to the lead around the first turn they were in a pretty quick first split uh, out the back, Postman Pat bombed the start, and that was basically the end of him. But he burst away Elite Machine to win in 29.60. And that man, Tony Brettcat, how do you stop him? Of course, he's put the polish on Elite Machine over the last couple of weeks for trainer Jamie Marsh, and he's just a tick over three years of age. So we'll see him, uh, I'm assuming, at the, at the Million Dollar Chase and some of these feature races coming up in Victoria in the coming months. Yeah, absolutely. And just touching on some other highlights for the night, what stood up to you? Because personally, I thought Hara's Herbie, I thought he was absolutely brilliant in winning the consolation. Well, that Gemma Daly, Kendall, she got a treble for the night. He was terrific. Uh, Palawa King, which we'll touch on shortly, an amazing performance. The more I watch that replay, I just can't comprehend how he got up and won, but he did, like good dogs do. But the one thing, and, and you were part of this, that... Uh, I think it was the first time we've done it at Sky Channel. It was on Sky Racing Active. Uh, you had a greyhound in later in the night, or the last race, Ultimate Coat, and we actually mic'd you up from the time you left the kennel uh, in the parade ring all the way around to the boxes. And I guess we kind of forget those who are involved in greyhound racing, we just take it for granted. Well, you go and get your dog out. 
Uh, you put a rug on it, you put it in the box, and, and that's the end of it. But so much feedback on the uh, how fascinating it was to get an insight into what you do because um, there's a whole lot more involved than, than, as I said, just getting me out of the kennel and putting me in the boxes. So uh, that was that was really good by you and a terrific insight for those who don't maybe uh, get you know, or fully understand how it all works. Yeah, well, that's the name of the game, I suppose, just to bring more people into it and uh, bring it down to a, a little bit more of a layman level, I suppose, as well. Um, just to, you know, bring it in and make it a bit more accessible to people. But um, yeah. we just touched on Palawar King. We might rewind to Friday night and check out his replay. A good choice by making this part. Off in the Queensland Cup, Palawar King back to last early. Locked on, Scotch began fast to lead. Dirt Farmer down the outside, followed then by Wheel and Go Play Nice checked. Followed by Rip and Grace, Palawar King gets to midfield. Well back, Blue Hornet, and last of all was Ariane Bale. 15.84 early, locked on Scotch, leads out of the straight by two and a half wheel and go. Third the outside, Dirt Farmer. Rip and Grace rails home strongly to fourth, followed then by Palawar King. A break in the field then to Blue Hornet, play nice, and Ariane Bale off the back, locked on Scotch, leads the length. Rip and Grace to the inside, Palawar King runs on. Rip and Grace grab, locked on Scotch, Palawar King, rocked on Scotch, kicked again. Palawar King dive close. It's locked on Scotch or Palawar King, Rip and Grace, followed by Wheel and Go Dirt. Yeah, there were a few nervous moments there post-race when we didn't know who won that uh, Group 1 Tab Queensland Cup. It was very exciting, but when the, the New South Wales number number two came up in the frame for Palawar King, uh, Jack Smith was absolutely speechless. Uh, Feral Frankie's first Group 1 winner, so... Yeah, very exciting time for the Smith family. And another fellow who was equally as excited was that Greyhound's owner, Errol Hughes, and he's taking some time out from trialling at Dubbo to have a chat to us now. Good morning to you, Errol. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. First of all, take us back to Friday night. Where were you watching and what were you thinking during that right, uh, during the race? Uh, just in the lounge room at home. I'm looking on very keenly. <laughs> yeah. And, and Errol... Uh, Sorry, go on. No, you go ahead, please. I was I was going to say, I, I watched that race, and I mentioned it to Mark Olmos on the morning line yesterday. I was standing beside Liam Mulry, and I said to him in the back straight, well, he can't win tonight. He's just too far back. And and after that, he ran into more trouble. How did you see the race unfolding? Did you did you ride him off? Uh, no, I never ride him off, mate. He's got a real big motor, and he keeps coming. It's just whether he gets the brakes in the run, the thing that matters, yeah. So take us back, Errol. Um, I know we've spoken to Jack a few times about this as well, but from your perspective, you've bred him. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. He's by Feral Frankie out of Maximum Dos, who you also trained, and she was very modestly performed, but talk us through, um, I guess, first of all, why you decided to breed with her. Oh, I actually purchased her as a brood bitch to specifically put to Brad Hill Billy. She had four pups, and they were quite successful. They won about 90000 between them. And, uh, yeah, we just went on from there. And how many of the litter did you keep? I kept them all. There's only four in that litter. And next litter of the feral Frankies is only two. Yeah, so I don't think she was ever made out to be a brood bitch. But, yeah. But yeah, and so you got two more by Austin Allen. They're not in the same category as the feral Frankies. But I think now well, I've sold one of them. But all up, she's bought about 600000 in now. Yeah. But it's amazing, the story with this litter in particular, the fact that you weren't even originally going to go to Feral Frankie. It was a, a last-minute decision because of some paperwork that hadn't been filled out correctly, I understand. 
Yeah, that's correct. I um, thank heavens Jack stepped in to help me out, and uh, we're reaping the rewards of it now. Yes. And you've obviously got a terrific relationship with with the Smith family. They've done an awesome dog with this dog, and well, he's still well, he's still a young dog. Errol, he's only uh, just turned two and a half. He's had thirty nine starts for sixteen wins, but. You must be stoked to think that, you know, stayers can race until they're four years of age. It might well all be ahead of him. Well, I hope so. I just hope he gets through the next six months, injury-free, and, you know, if he gets a three-year-old and still good, I'll be happy, yeah. And Jack sort of uh, told us a little bit about you when this fella sort of first broke onto the scene and just said that, you know, you're a real salt-of-the-earth bushy and um, it's just one of those fairy tale stories, I suppose, that, you know, everyone dreams of getting a, a dog like this and to breed them from the ground up and do everything with them from day one, it must just give you a real kick along. It certainly does. It took me 35 years to get there, but I think everyone's on there finally. It's a once-in-a-lifetime dog, the way I look at it, yes. And was there a reason that you didn't come north? My, I've got too many uh, responsibilities at home. I've always got half a dozen in work, and, you know, you've got to be there, as you know, all the yeah. time with them. And Jack was also, or I think it was Marie, that was actually telling us a, a couple of weeks ago as well, you're, yourself and your wife, you've been through a bit of tough times with flooding. Just tell our listeners that story and um, how it's all going for you guys now. Yeah, no, that was the worst flood I've ever had in Paul for, I don't know how long, 50 years or so, and we lost half the house, and uh, we've had to rebuild it in the meantime. And thank God, Palawaki's been a big help. <laughs> Yeah, has he? What? Well, he's, he's won over 400000 in stake money now, and there's, uh, well, hopefully no sign of that stopping. So uh, have you sat down with, with Jack and Marie and, and worked out a plan going ahead? I think he was pretty keen to give him a little bit of a break, but w- what's the plan? Oh, I haven't spoke to Jack in great detail at this time, but all I can tell you for sure, he's having a couple of weeks off, and he'll reassess the situation, and I leave it all up to him. He's a great doing all the work, so he makes all the decisions. And And last one from me, Errol. If you could just describe what it's like to, to be on this ride with some mates of yours. I know that you guys are very close friends with Jack and Marie. It must just give you that extra buzz as well to be sharing this ride with people that are so close to you. Yeah, I've been walking around the days ever since he won the cup, I can assure you. Yeah, as you say, I've been friends with him over 35 years. I actually bought their old place off him before they moved to Irinka. So we've been with friends for 35 years and always genuine, helpful people. Yeah, look, overall, it's a fabulous story, you know, the, the, the backdrop of, of how you've been friends for so long and obviously the hardships that you've gone through uh, yourself uh, and your wife with uh, with the floods, etc. over the last couple of years. It's terrific that, um, firstly, you've got a good greyhound, but secondly, he's been able to rectify some of those issues that you've had there, Errol. We wish you all of the best. Congratulations again for that fabulous win last Friday night. I don't think it's the last we've seen of him in a in a Group One feature around the country. So good luck going forward. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. There he was, Errol Hughes. It's a great story. It's been well documented over the past few weeks. But for those who may not have caught up with a cat, uh, yeah, they've they've had their struggles, uh, as have a lot of people in the flood prone areas. But it's terrific that you know this dog has burst on the scene and be able to help um, assist some of the damage that was done. Yeah, it's almost like uh, a bit of fate how he's he's come into their lives at this time, and I think even more fittingly that I just just amazes me the story of how the dog even came to exist. They didn't have uh, the straw for the for the dog that yeah. um, Errol originally wanted to use in his name, so 
that's why they went with feral Frankie and it was a last minute decision and it just goes to show you can study over those breeding lines as much as you want to. It's you just never, a, it's all ever a know luck. what's going to happen, do you? So no, exactly. no, it's, it's a great story. And as I said, uh, we certainly haven't seen the last of him in, uh, in Group 1 racing around Australia. Kat, we'll take a short break and after that we'll have a chat with uh, Dennis Barnes. Cozy up this winter at the Winter Chalets at Royal Randwick. This stylish Alpine-inspired retreat is the perfect place to warm up and unwind while enjoying the excitement of winter racing with live music, winter cocktails, whiskey tastings and memorable menus. Winter Chalet ticket holders enjoy all-day access to the stables and the members reserve, offering a unique opportunity to experience being a member for the day. Book now at theracers.com.au for a winter racing experience like no other. July 8 and 15 at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country race, is back and gives you the chance to win a share in $2 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the tab app. The Kosciuszko, tickets on sale now. New South Wales residents only. Ticket sales close 11.59pm, 6 of September 2023. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. New South Wales permit number GOCSC forward slash 1058. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Birthplace of racetrack stars like world champion Silent Witness. Group 1 winner Royal Merchant and popular stallion Better Than Ready. Edinburgh Park is a champion producing thoroughbred nursery in a premium lifestyle position. For sale by expressions of interest, head to the Magic Millions website for details. Tab has same race multis on Tab. On selected meetings, you can now choose multiple runners in the same race with Tab's same race multi, where you can combine a selection to win with a selection to run top four to get more. For same race multis on Tab, download the Tab app. Not available to SA account holders and SA residents. Available on the Tab app on selected Australian thoroughbred and greyhound races. T's and C's apply. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Racing now, beginning brilliantly, Nangar Lucy, box three, and she'll leap clearly down to the post from El Cesar and railing through now is Ballaruna. Miss McGraw got onto heels. Next, zipping Foxy. There follow well back, Sublime Ethic, zipping Rousey, and last on you, keeping down the back, and it's Nangar Lucy out by four lengths on Ballaruna to a clear second. There followed then by El Cesar at the home corner. Nangar Lucy, she's doing it brilliantly. She's just blasted them away in the Peter Mosman Opal with sheer speed. Nangar Lucy beats Ballaruna and zipping Foxy, zipping Rousey fourth. That was Nangar Lucy winning the Peter Mossman Opal on Saturday night and she was breathtaking. She gave nothing else a chance out in front and joining us to discuss that win and the other runners he's got coming up at Grafton this week is Dennis Barnes, her owner trainer. Good morning to you, Dennis. Good morning, Kat. You must absolutely be still pinching yourself after that win. Has it sunk in yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, we had a long drive home, and uh, the next day it sunk in, yes. Uh, very happy. Matt Jackson, he captured the moment there. It was a terrific call, uh, as we've become to expect uh, by most of our callers, or all of the, our callers. But were you surprised at that 5.36 split uh, there, Dennis? She, the race was all over when she exploded out of the boxes. Yeah, look, she has got some um, early toe. Um I think she holds the, the quickest dog to the first mark at our track at home in trials. Um, and she has run some good first sections at Dubbo, but it really surprised me how she'd come out and let them be three lengths early. I thought maybe she could jump in front, but I didn't expect her to come out and 
girls quick as she did, yeah. In saying that, though, Dennis, you were pretty confident that she was going to run a race because I, I know even before the race you said to me, you know, last week when she rocked up for the heat, she was a little bit strange to the joint looking around and having a bit of a stargaze. But uh, when you arrived on track there on Saturday night, she was all business. Yeah, no, she was a different greyhound Saturday night. I, like I had trialed her there previously and she's run a 29.9 in good, good sections. So, uh, you know, I thought, when I went down to the heat, I thought she, well, she was a dollar forty. You know, I thought Gee, she, she's a good chance of winning a heat, and I was a bit disappointed because I think, um, yeah, she was a little bit strange to the place, and she had a, you know, a couple of long trips in the in the back of the van. I think she was a little bit flattened, but uh, week up here in Grafton in the sunshine, uh, you know, just a different dog on Saturday night. Is it all just a matter of? natural improvement. I mean, she's only had the seven starts and we do see this with a lot of pups that burst on the scene and they look okay and then all of a sudden, bang, comes a terrific run and, and they've hit that mark and then they maintain that form? Well, I hope that's the case with her. I, uh, you know, look, her time's around Dubbo and as the times at Dubbo have stood up over the last few weeks, um, like she's from 29.4 odd uh, at Dubbo, well, you know, you think, well, she can run a race, but the 59 did surprise me. I do think that track was on fire on Saturday night, but um, no, very happy with her, mate. And you obviously had the family there on Saturday night as well. How special was that to have your grandkids, your grandsons, run out on track and give you a hug after the race? Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, I, uh, I love all my grandkids, and uh, no, that was just that made us. It. it was really good. My daughter and son-in-law were there as well. Uh, yeah, it was terrific. Unfortunately, Ian couldn't couldn't get there. Um, but no, it was a special night. Yeah, it was certainly great fish. And now you, you've got some really nice pups coming through at the moment. We've seen a lot of them recently at Dubbo and some of these uh, city tracks as well. Are, are you able to give us an insight into perhaps what's the best of them? Where does she sit? Well, after Saturday night, I think she's top of the tree. I think. Yeah. Um, Look, I've had a big rap on Nengar Larry. Um, he's a little bit over the top, and I think that's what's bringing him undone. I think maybe when he settles down a bit in his races, he'd be a lot better dog. You trial him, and he runs sensational times. Yeah, no, um, I think she's she's mostly up there. I've got another little bit um, called um, Nengar Gypsy, and I think she's going to be something special. Yeah, in the few in the next few months. Well, let's move on to chatting about your runners going around on Wednesday night at Grafton, uh, the big carnival closer up there. And she's one of those. She goes around in the 0-1 to one wins final along with Nangar Jim. Uh, first of all, let's touch on their chances. Yeah, look, um, well, she did run 25-19 um, here the other night in, in a race, also two box, and she did everything right. Um yeah, I think they, they will both go straight. They, they won't come across. So, you know, Jim's box will out in the 81 off the 8. But, um, look, I do think Dave Earl and Stoggy in the one box. I think the one box will be uh, bring him right into it. So I think okay. it's going to be very hard to beat. And you've got a few runners in there tomorrow night at Grafton Dennis, but uh, the one that sort of sticks out to me is Nangar Rocket in the Stars Cup, drawn pretty well in box two. And I don't, well, respectability's in there, but it looks like he should be able to handle that field. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. You know, sometimes you look at the, look at the fields and you say, oh, gee, 
you know, uh, should win this, and all of a sudden you end up with egg on your face. They just absolutely, you know, flog you. But look, at, I've got a big respect respect for um, Mick Patterson's dog, respectability. He'd be hard to beat. Like, they had a real good race here, those two, last time they met. They so did. I don't think it's any uh, walkover for him at all. And now your son-in-law and your daughter, Chris and Sandra, they've got Heidi McGraw in the big maiden final up there. Is there anything you can uh, let slip about that runner? Yeah, look, um, I had her up here for a, a week for him and she had one trial on the track. She ran 25.52, I think, which I think is a really good run first up, first look. Uh, then she went back home and... They uh, kept sweeping her up the straight. They give her a couple of runs at tomorrow, and then she come back up and she run uh, 25.32, I think it is, uh, off the one box. And she has got a bit of pace early, so she's right in that race. Just, and Dennis, done, sorry, go on. Yeah, she just done 40. She drew the six, but I think she'll go straight. Well, there's, a, there's a pretty smart dog in the eight, that is a man. Um, my daughter and son-in-law broke it in for them, and he broke in sensational. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a hard race. Yeah, it is but a hard I really, race. I do think she's going to be a very good beater. Okay, we'll keep an eye on her tomorrow night as well. As we say goodbye to you, Dennis, uh, again, congratulations on that. Uh, well, such an impressive win by Nangar Lucy last Saturday night. I'm sure that we haven't seen the last of her in future races. More importantly, Grafton Carnival in full swing. You've got a team in there tomorrow night. We'll keep an eye on those. Thanks for your time this morning. No, thanks, Jared, and thanks for having me. Uh, Dennis Barnes, he stood the test of time, Cat. Absolutely. Um, I think we've touched on a few times that line. It just keeps producing generation after generation. And I think this is arguably the best crop of youngsters he's ever had. So, yeah, yeah. I think he's in for a big 18 months, Dennis. It was interesting. Um, he did touch on Nangar Larry, which we saw run that sensational time at Dubbo when he led all the way. I think it was his debut. But Nangar Lucy sort of gone past him. That's how they can improve. Yeah, and I think a lot of it's a confidence thing too. Um, you know, he's been bumped around a few times now, and she's yeah. um yeah she's she's really just thriving at the moment. But I've got no doubt that you know Dennis will get him right. He's had a, a you know a pretty tough campaign. You know, his first preparation, so he's come straight out of a maiden and gone into a Group One final. So yeah, he's um I'd say they'll just take the the foot off the gas a little bit with him now and just let him come through his grades, and I think we'll see a different dog. Well, he's in the right hands anyway. In keeping with the Grafton Carnival, we're going to take a short break and then after that, catch up with Sonia Kempshaw. Skipped breakfast? You would have been in the going upstairs referring era and, and you would have been in maybe early days of the non-referral where, you know, you can hit at the third slip and you stand there, Stuart Broadesque. Oh, I had plenty of those. I nicked them to the keeper and didn't walk off. 100%. This is, again, it's different era, Berkey, because we grew up umpire's call, ref's call, get on with it. And I honestly do believe that saying where what goes around comes around over your career, you get some bad ones, you get some good ones, it does even itself out. The Big Sports Breakfast, weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. Today's Racing, brought to you by Same Race Multi on the Tab app. Combine multiple runners for bigger odds. What's gambling really costing you? Vinery's powerhouse sprinter, Star Turn, has a massive 73% winners-to-runner strike rate and his average progeny earnings are over $102,000 with just three crops raising. To breed some speed, talk to Vinery about Star Turn, 02 
Hey everyone, it's Adam Goods here, one of the National Tree Day ambassadors. National Tree Day is important for country because those incredible native trees bring back our beautiful wildlife to our communities. It's an opportunity for us to learn from each other, to plant new natives into our community and understand the importance of planting trees. Join Planet Ark and Toyota this National Tree Day, Sunday 30th of July. Find out more at treeday.planetark.org. The very best of US racing seven days a week. Gunrunners on top of the world! He wins the Breeders' Cup Classic! Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. The stars are ready to shine at the 2023 Queensland Constellations. Australasia's most exciting harness racing carnival takes centre stage this week with three career-defining Group 1s headlined by the Sunshine Sprint. Check out racingqueensland.com.au. Tab has same race multis on Tab. On selected meetings, you can now choose multiple runners in the same race with Tab's same race multi, where you can combine a selection to win with a selection to run top four to get more. For same race multis on Tab, download the Tab app. Not available to SA account holders and SA residents. Available on the Tab app on selected Australian thoroughbred and greyhound races. T's and C's apply. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Today's Racing, brought to you by Same Race Multi on the Tab app. Combine multiple runners for bigger odds. What's gambling really costing you? On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Amazon Prime Day is live. Start your free trial today and enjoy two days of epic deals. Amazon Prime Day is live now. $9.99 per month after 30 days. Cancel anytime. T's and C's apply. Sydney, Homebush West, the crash and Tenry Drive southbound near Warunda Road has been cleared. All lanes now open. Erskine Park, a truck broken down. Mamry Road, northbound right turn at Erskine Park Road. And Brisbane, Mackenzie, Gateway Motorway moving well in both directions. Need a compensation lawyer? Then choose lawyers a lawyer would choose. Carol and O'Day lawyers are trusted law experts. Search Carol and O'Day lawyers today. I'm Ian Wallace. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Racing Country Boy fairly away. Easily the best out was Masterclass. It will lead totally deluded Country Boy in the run to the corner. Next was Canamble Kid, followed by Fernando Diva. Drifting back was Daryl's Girl. Behind it, Rapid Ripple, and at the tail was Little Zephyr. On the side, Masterclass, the leader. The chases are totally deluded, and wide are those Canamble Kid as they're into the straight. Still Masterclass kicking. Out wide, totally, or underneath it, totally deluded, but Masterclass all the way in a boil over. Holds out totally deluded, and Canamble Kid... Behind those, Fernando Diva, Rapid Ripple, well back was country boy Daryl's Yeah, girl. that was Masterclass winning a heat of the Sprinters' Cup up there at Grafton last week. And it was a bit of a boil over. And one man who would have been very happy was co-trainer Warren Kempshell. Good morning to you, Warren. Good morning, Kath. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. First of all, uh, talk us through that race because it was a bit of a form reversal. How happy were you guys with the win? And uh, did you give him a chance going into the race? Yeah, we we give him a oh, not a big chance, but we give him a chance because he's he's won he's probably won about ten races over the four fifty in Melbourne before he come here, and um, we knew that was his distance. So we put a little bit of weight on him. He just yeah, he's, he's a dogged little bloke. He just keeps kicking, so can't ask for more than that. You're right, Warren. When you go back through his form, he he had some quick wins before he he moved up north. He 
just a tick over 25 at Ballarat, and he's been around Bendigo in 27.91. It looks like he's got strength as well, although you wouldn't know that looking him the other night, the way he came out of the boxes. Yeah, well, he sort of surprised me, because when we went through and bought him, we bought him for one of Sonny's cousins, when we went through and and looked at his form, I thought, well, he's not a real quick beginner, but he's, he gets in the mix, and he you know, he can mm. run the journey, and and buying dogs like that from Victoria to come to Grafton, you know, the track's pretty much you know, in the same paddock, so there's not much adjustment for the dog. But, yeah, his beginning's just lately, like, and he, he, he led a heat of the uh, Thunderbolt. You know, he could have knocked me over with a feather, but... No, he's he's a nice, honest dog. He's got a good nature, and you know he tries. And we've we've had dogs through that line before, and they're all pretty pretty solid dogs. So yeah, we're happy with how he's going. Yeah, I looked at his form. He won first up for you guys in May when you when you got him. Um, yeah. And then sort of had, well, he'd been unplaced, but it's fair to say you know he'd been racing the best of the best. You see, yeah. Finished behind you know Crumble Manelli and Press Dressel, Starline Express. They're probably three of the best dogs that have been, have been going around Grafton in uh, in recent weeks. So you couldn't have been too disappointed with how he was going. No, no, we were happy with his progress, and and we we actually put it, we put about maybe a bit more than a kilo weight on him, and I, I think he um, it suits him better. He looks better, and he's he's obviously racing better for it. But yeah, but when he come here, he was a first grade dog over four fifty. So we knew that we were going to have a bit of a sort of a struggle with him until he sort of hit his straps. But now he's hit his straps. He's he's probably not in the same calibre as them dogs, but, you know, he's he's a thereabouts handy dog. You're probably right with that. Now, uh, his overall time, 25.50, was was somewhat, uh, what, three, nearly three lengths outside the best of the night over that trip. But... The, the big thing in his favour, Warren, is that nine-second early split, so he's got nearly a length on them there, and it looked like he used a bit of the track. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's, he's pretty bomb-proof, and, and like, when um, when we had the options of the draw, I said this one, I said our perfect draw would be box seven and eight, so we, we nearly got it. We got six and eight, so I, I rate the little... The, the little bitch on the outside, she's, she's been a nice bitch for us too and she's drawn exactly where she needs to be. The only thorn is um, Phantom Jasper in between us. Yeah. You're chatting about Flying Zinger there. She's your other runner in the final yeah. drawn box yeah. eight. Um, she ran third in uh, the heats last week behind Impressed Dressel. wasn't a bad run. Yeah, no, she, she missed the kick last week. It was a pretty, you know, unusual for her, but... She was like she was second last in the back, and I was real happy with the way she got home. And I, I, you know, we're we're rough chances, but we'll we'll be um, we'll be whistling Dixie if they win anyway. Well, one of them will. does. Yeah, I bet you will be. Now, how many have you got uh, in work yourself and Sonia? Uh, at present, we've got about in the racing kennels, we'd have um, about sixteen. Okay. Thereabouts, and. You know, I've got a couple of brood bitches and I've got 12 eight-month-old pups in the paddock, which was a bit of a disaster because we didn't plan on having that many, but that's what we got. So, But, yeah, it, it keeps us pretty busy and all of our helpers, the children, have all grown up and and left home. So, But one thing is 
it's just Sonia and I, so we know what I know what I've got to do, and she knows what she's got to do, and we just go about it. Well, it's funny because you are an absolutely dog mad family, and uh, many listeners wouldn't know, but funny story: a few years back, yourself and Sonia actually got married at the dog track, didn't you? Yeah, she held me to ransom. <laughs> yeah, no, it it was in I think it was two thousand and fourteen. It was it was yeah, it was good. Sonia and I had been together for for quite a while, and. When we arrived here in two ten, and we had Jasper, the little bloke, and he's he's dog crazy. He'll he'll do everything with dogs, but get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> like all kids. Yep, true. <laughs> that's a that's a great story. Now, um, you do have a lot of runners in tomorrow night. Uh, obviously, we're fingers crossed for um, Master Class or Flying Zinger yeah. in the Sprinters Cup. A- anything else there you can point us in the direction of p- potentially a winner? Oh. Uh, I got a couple in in the low grade four fifties, but they're only just sort of kicking off. Um, oh, look, we got three in the in the non graded final over three fifty. Um, yeah, oh, look, if I was going to have a punt on something, I'd I kind of like Vinny Unleashed in box seven. I I don't know what race it is. Yeah, race seven. Yeah, and and his old mate on the outside, Jumbo Asaki, he goes all right. And we've got, we also got the first reserve in box four. Um, she's probably the the pick of them, but she's just a little bit off form at the moment. Um, Dark Fate. Yeah, okay. But she's eligible for Masters, so we'll forgive her if she doesn't perform too well against that crew. All right, well, you've got a three-pronged attack there tomorrow. That's race seven, uh, by yeah. the way, and you've given us a little lead there for number seven, uh, Vineyard Unleashed. The markets yeah. aren't up at the moment, but they won't be too far away. Yeah, no, he's he's a, he's a pretty smart young dog. He does a few things wrong, like last week he was in the race and he, for some reason he wanted to switch wide on the corner, and it's probably the worst place to do it because he ended up about six dogs off the fence. Okay. All right, Warren, uh, good luck to yourself and Sonia tomorrow night. It's a great story, the background, getting married at the dog track. I wasn't aware of that, but that's yeah. that's fabulous. <laughs> it was a good all right, night. thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, very, uh, thanks. All the very best tomorrow night. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Kat. That's a great story, Kat. Yeah, it, was, uh, it went viral on social media when they actually got married um, way back when. And, yeah, it's just uh, just one of those things that's always stuck in my mind and, uh, Joe, my partner, keeps saying that if we ever end up getting married, that it'll be on a dog track, and I can't say I'm that committed. Well, that's surely that's happening soon. <laughs> no, no, once we go. There's down a lot of laughter in the background there. <laughs> once we go down this rabbit hole, we'll be we'll be here all day. All right, there's been a lot going on uh, in Greyhound racing, and there's a lot more to come. And after the break, we're going to catch up with Wayne Billet to fill us in on some of these uh, some of these groundbreaking news coming up. Birthplace of racetrack stars like world champion Silent Witness, Group 1 winner Royal Merchant and popular stallion Better Than Ready. Edinburgh Park is a champion producing thoroughbred nursery in a premium lifestyle position. For sale by expressions of interest, head to the Magic Millions website for details. Are you a better, better than your Betsies? With Bet's friends on the Tab app, you can share your bet and your friends can copy your bet. It's everyone's best bet yet. Share and copy your bets with Bet's friends on the Tab app today. Tab, we're on. Not available to SA account holders. Available on the Tab app. T's and C's apply. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. 
When it comes to kids' sport, parents have lots of questions. Like, how much will it cost? Will my kid get to play with their friends? How often do you train? And do I have to volunteer? But there's one question every parent should ask. What does the club have in place to make sure my kid's protected? Don't take child safety at your club for granted. Find the important questions at playbytherules.net.au and start to talk. Today's Racing, brought to you by Same Race Multi on the Tab app. Combine multiple runners for bigger odds. What's gambling really costing you? Don't slow down this winter. Come and race away those winter blues. Racing fans can now purchase a general admission winter season pass for all race days held at Royal Randwick and Rosehill Gardens from Saturday 3rd of June until Saturday 26th of August. The best part? It's only $69. This also includes entry to group racing days such as Wink Stakes Day and San Domenico Stakes Day. Book your winter season pass now at theraces.com.au. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to Going Greyhounds. Yeah, welcome back to Going Greyhounds. Our last guest for this week's show is the Deputy CEO of Greyhound Racing New South Wales, Wayne Billett, joining us to have a chat about a few of the recent announcements here in New South Wales. Good morning to you, Wayne. Good morning, Kat. Now, let's kick things off straight away. Uh, A press release went out last week that we are going to be trialling preferential box draws here in New South Wales. What can you tell us? Yes, thanks, Kat. We are. Um, so basically from the 1st of August, we're going to do the preferred box draw at um, the Dapto and Wentworth Park tracks. Um, so the Dapto one will kick off first in the first week of August on the 3rd. Of, on the third. Uh, We're going to have a couple of races over the 297 for fifth grades designated for the preferred box draw. Uh, and then a couple of weeks later, after the Nationals have finished at Wentworth Park, we'll be introducing, uh, again, preferred box draws at Wentworth Park on the Wednesday meetings for uh, 520 metres for fifth grade. And also, we're going to do a 280 for the top grade there at 20. So, yeah, exciting times. And, Wayne, how does success look at, out of this trial? Uh, great question, Joe. What it, what it is, the whole purpose of this is, uh, is uh, and uh, injury analysis, etc., from from a racing perspective. So, uh, you know, we, as all racing jurisdictions do, look very closely at their racing stats and what they can do and what they can improve, because it's the forefront of everything we do to make sure that our greyhounds get around safely. So, you know, we've already got a set of data now that shows us what the current trends are, and obviously, once these. Uh, once these things are introduced, uh, that will give us an opportunity to analyse the data to see where we've made improvements. Uh, and that will sort of then forge the way forward for where we head with this type of uh, you know, analysis. It's pretty exciting because we've seen it uh, tested to some extent over in New Zealand and uh, they've recently started trialling it uh, up at Cabalabar up the straight there. So to my knowledge, this would be the first in Australia uh, around the circle, particularly over the 520 metres, that we're really going to see what this uh, this looks like. We've, we obviously see it, uh, you know, done so well over in the UK, um, and their racing seems to be uh, very much interference, well, re- reduced in a lot of ways. Granted, they do only have six dog fields, but that would have to have been some of the inspiration as well, I suppose, Wayne. Yeah, definitely, Kat, and and, and that's why we, I think it's important we're doing it over um, both distances as well. Um, so we've, that's what we've been really important of in this pilot is to look at you know, that, the, 
the, the, the sprinter distances, you know, the 280s, 297s, and also the 520. I think it's really important to get a gauge on both of them, um, and, and we can then look at them in isolation to see what the differences are, and then that might that might then present us with information which we, we you know, further advance it through that, that type of mechanism. And I think the unique thing that we're also doing is that um, at DAPTO, it's the double-arm lure and the preferred box draw. So we're combinating both of those there, where Whitworth Park is just the preferred box draw. So we're, again, we're just trying different things at the different venues to be able to look at what options we have um, you know, ongoing. And Wayne, not surprisingly, uh, every time there's a new idea that, that's flagged, uh, the critics come out of the woodwork. I've read a lot in the last couple of days that said, oh, uh, you know, reduced, reduced fields. Um, you put the, box, the, the dogs in the boxes that they want. You'll have odds on favourites, etc. But I, I, was, I used to be of that theory as well. But since um, Sky Channel has started showing... UK races, and there's two or three, or sometimes four or five meetings on every single night. There's fields of six. Uh, they're graded that way as well, preferential box draw. You just never, ever see an odds-on favourite. It'll work. It'll, it'll actually, I think it'll increase turnover. Yeah, you're right, Jared. I think at the end of the day, you know, any racing jurisdictions, it's their responsibility to ensure that you, you review and look at all options from a safety point of view and from a racing point of view. And it's easy for people to sit on the couch and be a keyboard warrior and say, this ain't going to work and that ain't going to work. Well, no, the only way to find out these things is to continue to work in these work on these issues to see what challenge, changes you can make for the benefit of the industry, for the people, for the trainers, for the punter. And, and you're right, Jared, from a, from a wagering perspective, from a preferred box draw, if you know that uh, X-Dog is... It likes the outside and, and he's preferred into the outside. Well, isn't that better from a wagering uh, option um, than the, sure. the op- opposite to that? That's how yep. that's how we see it as well. To your point. And one thing I think is important too is if you're if you say your dog is an inside dog, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get box one every week because if there's six dogs that say inside, you could draw anywhere from one to six as well. Um, I guess my question would be. Is it just going to be the trainers nominating what they want or are we going to see sort of a, a panel or a rating system, I guess, in time um, where there's, if it's the stewards or someone else is assessing it? Because how are we just going to stop trainers all saying, you know, I want this dog in box one if it's not yep. actually a, a true railer, if it's a straight runner, for yep. instance? Yep. So, so as part of the process, Kat, the trainer gets to nominate whether it's a railer, ra- a, railer a straight or a wide runner. Um, that information is reviewed by stewards, and stewards, in the end, will, ha- will have the ability to change um, that designated position from a trainer. So it's, it's robust from an integrity point of view. Uh, we're working, we've worked very closely with GWIC in regards to this whole process um, to be able to alleviate and address the issues that you have just raised. So that, that they will form a part of that uh, uh, assessment process to make sure uh, that we that it's in alignment with what we're trying to achieve. My tip will be that when we have this conversation in two years' time, Wayne, that it'll be all tracks all over Australia. That That's the way that we'll race. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt, Gerald. I think that uh, you know, these things are important to do and, and you know, it's like anything that in industries changes at different times is always difficult to accept. But once we find once most things have been implemented, industry gets their head around it, they, they generally move on 
to bigger and better things. And, and you're right, I think in time we'll see more of this type of racing than less. Now, quickly before we let you go, Wayne, there's also been plenty of uh, track upgrade announcements uh, around the state in recent months. What's the latest you can give us? Obviously, we've just seen Musselbrook. They've kicked off racing, but there's plenty still in the pipeline. I know Tari's still yet to get underway, and there's a couple more that are yet to commence as well. So what's the latest on the new tracks? Yes, thanks, uh, Kat. So, so, so you're right. Tari is is probably the next to go. Uh, it is very close. We're in the fi- we're in the final stages of getting all that uh, documentation and tender process to go out. So that won't be too far away. Obviously, Goulburn's in the final throes of its DA application down there. The, the Goulburn site has a, a multitude of users, etc. So it's just been able to work through and, and consulting with all those groups to make sure that we get the right come for our con- or concern. Uh, we've also just done some work, initial um, design and proposal concepts on the new DAPTO site. Uh, so that's that's exciting as well. So we've got those in, in the background. And also, I mean, we've just opened Musclebrook, but also from a trial track perspective in recent times, we've, we've reopened the Thirlmere track with, you know, Grand Racing South Wales Industry spent over $500,000 there. And it's absolutely been outstanding. It's been going for about a month or so now, and the reports have been fantastic of breaking dogs and that in. And also, we've done some work at Cessnock. Um, it's close to ready. We've had a couple of little issues which we're just addressing. Um, so, yeah, across the board, there's been fair investment, and, and you're right, over the next uh, you know, six to 12 months, um, you can throw Lithgow into that as well. We're also in the final throes of confirming the designs there, so there'll be plenty happening in the next uh, few months. And Wayne, just on DAPTO, the Megastar's on the move. Yes, it is, Jared. Um, the Megastar's, uh, unfortunately, has been, um, uh, has been swamped a bit by the Phoenix um, down in... in in, uh, in Victoria, so uh, the Megastar's probably going back to where its traditional home was in that uh, around that September period. Uh, to be fair, it wasn't attracting, you know, with, with the big racing in Victoria, it wasn't uh, sort of matching up. So we've put it into a space where now in, in that uh, late August, early September, where we think that there's not a lot on in the national calendar. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's our only Group 1 outside of Metropolitan Racing, so it deserves to have an opportunity to attract the better dogs. Uh, so the hence why it's moved. And whilst I'm sitting here talking to you and Kat, I'm actually looking at a photo of uh, our little girl, Good Odds Emma, winning that megastar last oh. December, which I had a little bit little sharing. Yes, it, she, yep, she, um, she did. Um, so yes, it's. Uh, I mean, the megastar, as I said, is the only group one outside of our jurisdiction. Then it's. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a local Dapto boy, as everyone knows. I'm yeah. <laughs> Be classed as bias, but it, you know, it's a pretty special race down there, and uh, it's you know, and it deserves to be able to attract the, the, the best dogs where possible. Okay, well, that's not far away. September for the Megastar. It's uh, moved to a new date this year. Wayne, thanks for your yep. time this morning. Thanks for the insight. Uh, firstly, into that preferential box draw. That's that's big news, and and hopefully everybody embraces it. I look forward to having a look at the numbers and seeing how successful it is. The Megastar and any other news that you've brought us. We'll catch up with you in the, in a few weeks' time. That sounds great, Jared and Kat. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Wayne Billett, the uh, Deputy CEO of Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Plenty going on, Kat. Absolutely. It's uh, never dull on or off the track. There's plenty going on all over Australia and here in New South Wales. It's, you know, really exciting time to be a part of Greyhound Racing. Well, that's uh, another Going Greyhounds edition put to bed. We've uh, covered plenty of ground this morning. Uh, good luck to anybody who has a runner. 
this week. A couple of features coming up. Grafton, obviously, tomorrow night. As I said, uh, on Saturday night, we've got the heats of the fireball over the long trip at the Meadows. Uh, there'll be no Palawa King there, unfortunately. Uh, and we've also got the heats of maturity. So we'll go in depth into those next week. Cat, thanks uh, for catching up with us this morning. We'll do it all again next week.